Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This, 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 this. Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, welcome to podcast episode 216. Uh, this is uh, dedicated to the world of UFC. Lots to talk about. Epic weekend at UFC 226. If this is the first time that you've ever come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is our name. And you can get all the Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I encourage you to follow us there as well uh, to keep up to date with uh, all the latest when it comes to fight sports throughout the course of the week. Um it's good to have Nick back in the studio. Even though you were on last week's uh, UFC show, you kind of it was a, a fleeting visit. You'd basically just been back in the country for two minutes. Yeah, straight to the studio, bish bash bosh. Bit of a preview on UFC two two six. Threw it down with a bit of knowledge, and then walked around like Conor McGregor when everything kind of came in uh, within twenty four to forty eight hours later. Eh, Billy, bit you got your fucking dong out and whacked it on the table, and you went, "There you go. That's why we're the two times champions because of my mixed martial arts knowledge." Fuck you, man! I couldn't have fucking nailed it any better. Well, I'm a bit tried. pissed off actually when you started saying, "Right, which one of these fights is going to fall off?" <laughs> And then it's the one that I really didn't want to fall off, falls off. Yeah, the big one, yeah. Holloway Ortega. I was absolutely fucking devastated when that when I found out that Max had got sick. But uh, it didn't sound too good as well, man. He said that it's like delayed concussions or something. Did you see the video he did with Fox, the live link-up? With Bispin. And Bispin nailed it. Bispin yeah. was like... like you, Are you, you all right? Sound, you sound like you just got out of bed. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm all right. Bispin nailed it to fuck. Obviously, a couple of hours later, he's taken to hospital for... Uh, Delayed concussion or a couple of days. Later, sounds that. weird. That was a couple of days. Weird, because he, he uh, it was a couple of days after that because he'd done his open workout. Yeah, yeah. And weird. The, and the, and his timing was that off. And his interviews afterwards were were that off. His team just went, "We're pulling this now." Yeah, off to hospital sunshine. That was before he started his weight cut, apparently as well. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Really fucking concerning. Mm. So. So what's happened? So what has happened? The latest I heard was that you have Dana White was like, "We've just got to get this kid's healthy, and then we'll talk." So I don't even know whether he's going to stay a featherweight anymore. What would bring that on? Concussion-like symptoms. You would well, automatically usually, think that he's been chinned. But, or you'd think in the weight cut, it's obviously like dehydration setting in. Uh, he's not sleeping properly. But the fact that he, you know, he hadn't started his cut. There's, there's two parts of every weight cut. Obviously, there's your your initial Natu- fight camp diet, natural, yeah, yeah. fight camp diet, and then in the last five days, Dehydrate. you do your actual cut where yeah. you cut water out. Um, 
and he hadn't even started that part of the the cut. So that's the big concern. That's the real concern and thing. But it's hard to know, you see, because he's, he doesn't fight in a super camp environment. He trains in Hawaii with his own team around him. So you'd never know how often he is getting chinned in camp or how many concussions he's suffering. If if he was at something like AKA or ATT, because there's so many fighters there, you'd probably get a little whisper going, fucking hell, he got chinned again. Yeah, You know what I mean? So you'd have a bit of concern. Something would have come out by now from a teammate or another going, yeah, I'm not surprised, actually, he got dropped in sparring on Monday. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. But because he's from his own little community yeah. in Hawaii's own team you're never going to get anything like that come out of there so that was the um, that's the concerning thing now that's why the UFC are like going fucking safety first because the spotlight is massively on the sport once again for this weight cutting situation and I think it was wise of them to pull it before imagine if, he, if he'd gone into a weight cut what potentially might have happened then as well so mm. but from a fan perspective it's fucking devastating because that was the best fight on the card yeah. even though it was a brilliant brilliant card and it still played out to be a brilliant card we had fucking shocks knockouts mm. massive upsets the well, lot but well it's a little bit upsetting from my point of view because I did tip Brian Ortega to become the new champion so therefore I don't necessarily have any bragging rights whatsoever no. uh, with today's show seeing as that you did call uh, yeah. that there would be a new Heavyweight champion of the world, and boy, is there a new heavyweight champion Starts of the world, them, man! He? You know what? I'm watching it as well, thinking, I fucking knew this was going to happen. I know, I know, I called it on the show. I know I said Cormier was going to knock him out, but you know, and you just think, in hindsight, I absolutely knew this was going to happen. I absolutely think my old chitch is a is a bit of a robot, and I just I just knew that Cormier was just going to be too fast and too powerful for him. And even though it, well, my only worry when was they carrying that in, extra weight when they weighed them up, weighed them in, and I was like, "Fucking hell, he's heavier than Stipe. It's like forty pounds heavier than when he fought last when he last defended his light heavyweight belt." Mm. But then all the noise are AKA he looked, he looked out it, though, the camp. Like, yeah, yeah, but listen, la, la, lad's, been, lad's been to Greg's, hasn't he? Yeah, but I don't give a fuck as long as he's putting people away. And then when you were, but then the rhetoric coming out of the camp all around, it was like, we're not asked. We told him not to get rid of that, the extra £20 because he's been knocking everybody out in the gym. And you think, wow, t- okay, to, to, kind, to kind of go, you know what? Fuck our original plan of, of getting £20 off to be even to be even lighter. You're doing it in the gym. Let's not fuck with it. Just get in there. He, he was that around that weight when he used to fight a heavyweight. It's not broke. Let's not fuck with it. Just get in there and do what you do. And he got in there and did what he did. I think Stipe obviously caught him early on, uh, had a little bit of a wobble, but I just think Cormier knew that once he got inside of that dirty boxing, once he landed a shot, mm. he missed with a couple of uppercuts, and then as soon as he landed that right hand, what are you talking Stipe about? went fucking, down like a bag of shite. Yeah, he poked him in the fucking eye, mate. He couldn't see. He didn't, he didn't see that shot coming, did he? Cheating bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to look for some excuse. It's a fight. To be fair, it's, it's, I like the way you do that, right? Whenever fight. I make a complaint about something that's gone on in a fight, you go, it's a fight, what's the matter with you? Exactly. Yeah, but there's, yeah, but there's rules. Shut your hands, DC, shut your hands. Yeah. No, it's a fight. Fucking do what you want. Shit happens. The the dirty boxing thing that you're talking about, the, though, that maybe people that haven't picked up on, it's in that clinch. That's where he was. He had to get in on his chest because yeah. of the size difference. Of course. He Inside has to, that reach. Exactly. He's got to get in there, and he did. And there's nobody better in those situations than DC at any weight category. Yeah. That's where he's made his money. Yeah. Those clinches, that those grapples. The way that he just then, very naive of Stipe, I thought, to come away from that clinch, to come out of that grapple, yeah. wide his, open. With his hands down. Wide open. Mm-hmm. You know what DC's going to do. That's his chance. He's, but Cormier he, said afterwards, though, as well, we picked up on that. That was part of our camp. We knew that when he's in the clinch and a bit of dirty boxing on the inside, he always separates from the clinch with his hands down. Mm. We'd seen it. Now, DC was famous for throwing left hooks and uppercut 
folks, he throws a left up, which is always dangerous. That gets him in clinch position. And then when he's in there, he throws uppercuts. But in this case, he didn't throw it. He threw uppercuts early on. He yeah. almost landed. But in yeah. this case, he threw it over and right. Yeah. So Steve yeah, but that's didn't on the see break. it coming. Yeah, but yeah that's, that's what I mean. He, he was probably expecting an uppercut. But the overhand right comes in instead. He didn't see it coming. Obviously, it dropped him and then, you know, Cormier pounced on him. And Goddard, rightly for me, it was a great stoppage. I know Mayo Chich was complaining afterwards. But there was fuck all wrong with the stoppage. By the way, before we talk about the rest of the card as well, I watched Goddard obviously worked the referee the night before on the tough final. And in this event as well, he he did two or three fights on this card. We need to fucking celebrate the fact that Mark Goddard's the best referee in this sport. I'm fucking telling you. I know he's British. I know he's a mate of ours. We're kind of biased. But he's the best referee in this sport. The shit that he does, he takes control of every single element of these fights that he's in. Well, I can't remember what the other fight was, but he just kind of got to the corner. He said to the steward, fucking, right, clean that water up, get it sorted. Steward's standing there like a pigeon. And he just went, right, corner team, pass me a towel. And he gets a towel. And he threw it at the fucking steward as if to say, I'm doing your job. You get that cleaned up. And there's other points with the fingers and all that. He just like stops the fight. Get the doctor in right now. Doctor, check him. Right, you're fine. Right, carry on. He just, he's in complete control of every second of every fight, man. I was so in awe of, of, of Mark Goddard watching that entire card the weekend. Or watching the whole weekend. I was just like, man, he's the guy. And you know what? Incidentally, Mark Goddard's the first British official of any fight sport to have a license to be a referee in in Nevada. No boxing officials ever done it. He's the first guy to ever do it. Amazing. It's nice, man. Do you want to take his dick out of your mouth? I'm just, you're, I'm you're just right now. Nice to have a bit of fucking oh, best just, of British. I'm just choking on Mark's dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else want uh, DC to smock that big juice head? <laughs> it's so fucking mad, this sport, isn't it? Fucking. If... If you smell, I was expecting Vince McMahon to come whack someone with a steel chair, as Robbie Davis Jr. said on our uh, social media yesterday. <laughs> Fuck me, man! It was WWE on it steads, really was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. They Brock just push up me now. In, sleep you later. In, in his alligator fucking. What the fuck is that? Cowboy boots. Did you see them? The he alligator took, skin cowboy boots. I wasn't bothered about the boots. He tucked his suit pants in the trousers boots. into the boots cowboy. what the fuck are you doing bro cowboy style that so you don't get horse shit on your ankles is that what it is yeah man <laughs> of course it is it was uh, it was fucking but even even Cormier going there's a guy here and we used to wrestle we're both all state wrestlers and we have nothing we never find but we are gonna find Mark Lesnar get your ass in here baby and it's just like, oh, fucking come on. Here we go. But he was already halfway up the stairs. I know. He knew it was coming. Exactly. He's halfway up the stairs and he comes, gives him a little bit of a shove. You're strong. Yeah. You're strong. But everybody's strong. <laughs> Push me now. I'll sleep you later. I'll yeah. tell you what was funny. Did you see... Uh, Brock Lesnar, get out of my octagon. I got photographs to take. Did you, like, fucking come Did you see uh, DC's little mate? Yeah, he went. He's little <laughs> man who went in to shove Brock and didn't even fucking move him. <laughs> Shoves him. He's like, Ooh. brilliant. I've got photos to take. To be fair, listen, it was DC's moment, yeah, but man. that was. So wait, wait, listen, aside from the pantomime at the end, and you know what? At the end of the day, it's about selling fights. I know DC reckons he's going to fight before the end of the year, and he'll fight again in March and then retire. But he can't because because Lesnar can't physically fight before December. Because he has, he's I thought on, it was February actually with the with the Vada six pool. months, isn't it? Six. If he'd have pissed in a pot on Saturday, yeah, then he's in the pool. So in theory, his six month clearance would be December. So you're, talk, you're talking twenty ninth. So I think the end of December, Christmas, you know, New it's Year's the 29th. Eve, the that's New the, Year's that's Eve the show, isn't it? Yeah, the, tw- yeah. the 29th is the show. It, 
in theory, would be available for that, I believe. But obviously, DC is saying he fight, wants to fight in November, December, and then again in March, and then knock it on the head. But obviously, the UFC aren't going to miss out on that now. It's got to be Brock. It will be next, and it will be at the earliest, December, more than likely January. So it could be the last time you see DC fight, so he says. But I think DC would starch uh, Brock Lesnar anyway. I'd love him and to smoke then, him. Proper smoke him. He will. He'll, he'll fucking beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Don't worry about that. And then... 40 or not, he will go past his retirement no, plan for March. No, The trilogy. No, it's got to happen. No. It's got to happen. I want him to fucking smoke John Jones. One you said, next you said. It's got to happen. But because DC then will have the, will be in a place to go, okay, okay, John Jones. I'm, gonna, I'm the baddest man on the planet. I'm going to call how this is going to happen now. You're coming to heavyweight and you're going to fight me a heavyweight for our trilogy match and I'll show you what I can really do. And John Jones will knock knock fuck out of him <laughs> for the third time. I'm telling you, but I listen, would wait, no, okay, so I would love DC to smoke that motherfucker, both of them. Yeah, yeah. What a wonderful, what an ending that would he's be. Fight, he's the fight, fight of the year, fight, fighter of the decade. decade. Yeah, absolutely. Done. Well, that would be for me if he if his next fight's Brock, and you know that for me that doesn't do much for his legacy, but it'd be cool. The John Jones. Trilogy fight would be fucking absolutely third time lucky at heavyweight as well. Bang! I don't think there's any any chance of him going back to defend the light heavyweight belt. There's just nothing there for him. I think the next two fights are going to be Brock, then Jones in spring, and then regardless, he'll ride off into the sunset. But uh, where do you put him now? Then where, where do you, where do you see Cormier? Because I'm going to see a lot of people now saying he's the goat. He's this. He's that. Um, right. Because people were saying Stipe Miocic, before this fight, were going, greatest heavyweight of all time. Well, he is. Reco- no, on, the, no. on record. On paper, he's the greatest heavyweight yeah, yeah. of all time. I, I don't rank him anywhere near the greatest of all time, just because I think he's he was the right big robot heavyweight in the right era to, to put that little run together. I've never really ranked Stipe that highly. Um, but I think Cormier, well, in doing what he's done... You love the guy when he's down, don't you? You love sticking the fucking... I, I just, listen, I just think he's been... A, I've, I've interviewed Stipe a couple of times. He's a nice lad. But I've talked about it before. I don't want a nice fella that's me, heavyweight champion of the world. And that's not to say Cormier's a bad guy, but at least Cormier's got something to say. Do you know what I mean? Stipe's hard work, man. He's, you can't have someone like that as your poster boy of your organisation. You just want John Jones. Come on, I want John straight. Jones to come that's back it. and be heavyweight yourself. champion of the world. Yourself. Of course I do. Where do I put the DC now, yeah? Yeah, man. Um, well, you know my thoughts on a lot of his style when he yeah. when he goes to the deck and he's wrestling and he's doing all that type of stuff I'm not the biggest fan I think he's a stand up block yeah his style doesn't turn me on but at the weekend the way that he went about that business yeah. I'm like going he didn't try and take Stipe down just do that yeah just do that DC because look at you you're a big fat pudding <laughs> and you can whack giving us all hope that's he's, it man honestly I'm in I'm in if you keep fighting like that I'm in I think Cormier and this is the reason why Big country Roy Nelson became so fucking That's famous. It. It's because every truck driver, every factory worker, every fucking guy that likes a few pints or whatever and doesn't give a fuck about how they look. <laughs> I think a lot of people look at Roy Nelson and now we'll look at Daniel Cormier and it gives us hope, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and we talk. It's just a like, normal block. It's like fucking Harry Maguire playing centre half for England. It. it gives us all hope. That's it. Every fat fella around the world's going, I could do that. I could I could be man of the match for England yeah. in the World Cup quarter. Yeah, Moby. Yeah, Moby. I could, yeah, exactly. I could fucking get up there and score a header against Sweden. I could do that because I'm a big fat bloke as well. <laughs> and I think. He's <laughs> a bit more than a big fat bloke, Harry Maguire, mate. He's a no, decent snake. No, but he's a unit and he That's what I'm trying to say. He's right. a unit. He's right. a big lad. Right. I mean, we ain't going to deny he's a fucking big lad. Right. 
So he's just, in shape, though. He gives the he's rest. He's not a fat mess. Yeah, but I'm t- he's listen, not, he's, I'm his diet you know, is not great. Daniel Cormier would fucking run rings around you on a track. I bet you he would. I bet you Daniel Cormier is fucking way fitter than you. He'd smash you at a hot dog eating contest <laughs> as, as well. But he's fucking way fitter than both of us. That's a fact. It's aspirational. It's different now. I think Stipe, it's a different type of heavyweight champion. He's like the fucking, wow, one of us is heavyweight champion of the world now. One of us is the baddest man on the planet. He's not a monster like Mike Tyson. He's not like this fucking creative genius like a John, jo- John Jones. But neither is he kind of fucking vanilla. Oh, yeah, he lives next door to me, Stipe. He's a big fat lad that likes punching people in the face. Do you know what I mean? And it was boss that he touched on it as well. His journey has always been second place. You know, he missed out winning gold at the Olympics first time. Second time around, he f- he actually he fucked up his weight cut and he got rushed to hospital, so he didn't actually compete at the second Olympic Games DC went to. And then he's coming to the UFC. He's basically been a fo- footnote in John Jones's legacy until John Jones, you know, fucked up and then he became light heavyweight champ. But he, but even then, it was like, oh yeah, he was light heavyweight champ when John Jones was banned. But now he isn't. Now he's the Light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of the UFC, first person to ever do it, simultaneously hold the belts. He's, he's just the shortest legacy on Saturday night. Regardless of what happens in the future, he was the fucking first guy to do that. I think that's cool for DC's own legacy that it's boss. And we can all aspire to it. Fat lads around the world unite. All right, then. We can do it. One of us is champion of the he world. He smokes Brock. I think he John smokes John, Brock right, Lesnar. John Jones ja- comes December, back. January, no, no, you about, smokes Brock Lesnar. Like you've just been playing him... Paying him massive credit. He deserves there. it, man. He right. deserves ultimate props. DC, John Jones. Who's corner you in? John Jones. Oh, you dirty bastard. Why? I've got to be. Because Why? John Jones is the fucking best that's ever done it. Yeah, but he's an horrible human being. I completely agree. But I still supported Mike Tyson. And he was a fucking horrible human being. Me and you have to review our friendship. I can't Absolutely. Hang out. Can't hang out, mate. DC, <laughs> smart the fucking lot of them. <laughs> Clean this sport up, son. Yeah. Uh, tremendous though I Brilliant. really enjoyed that main event especially after the disappointment not getting to see Max against Brian Ortega I just thought to myself come on please live up to it and, yeah and especially after watching Nagano versus fucking hell Fuck Jesus me. Christ what was that that ranks up there as one of the worst fights I've ever seen in the UFC what was that any what division. was it it was shit what was it it was fucking embarrassing what's happened to Big Frank it's like someone's it's like Stipe stole his soul. Mate, have you seen how fucking Dana White's just threw him under the bus as well? I, In the I, interviews afterwards, Dana White's just been like, his fucking ego's out of control. He's out of control. Like, fucking blah, blah. And like, you think, well, wait a minute. When he fought Stipe for the title, yeah. you were all wanking him off. You were yeah. like, yeah, he's based at the UFC, Performance Institute, you know, it's going it might come a bit early this, but he, he's the future. He's going to be the next heavyweight champion, blah, blah, blah. And then this time he's like, yeah, his ego's, his ego's out of control. He's completely out of control. Yeah, but what's he think, doing? What I, the fuck? What's he done? I don't yeah. I don't get it because it is such a role I, reversal. I can, I can only imagine he must now be fucking walking around the UFC Performance Institute like he's fucking Conor McGregor, that he thinks he owns the place now, that he's fucking, you know, he yeah, thinks he's, he's made it, but he hasn't made it. He's lost two on the spin. Yeah, he hasn't come close to making it. He, he got the shot probably earlier because there was a story there was a narrative behind it that's yeah. why he got the shot at Stipe yeah. then he got massively exposed and we went oh shit yeah we got a bit carried away there guys this guy's light years away from fucking being able to handle the top guys and then he comes in against uh, the Black Beast at the weekend and doesn't even throw a shot oh my god it was fucking I think shocking it, mate, like I, embarrassing I think, that's one of them where you're sitting there if you're Dana White sitting ringside and all the crowd are booing and the TV execs are looking at you going why the fuck is this co-main event and you're looking at the Francis and Gani, who you're probably financially Championing, now yeah. very much invested in. Took them to Las Vegas, based them out of fucking there. 
you've got to think, what the fuck is going on? I bet you he gets a completely brand new training team again. I bet you that training team just gets bulleted because someone's got to take the blame. He just did not engage at all at any stage. The Black Beast, Derek Lewis, must have just been like, all right, I'll just, I'll just fucking throw three punches and win this round, shall I? It's just, I, it was horrific. I think the combined significant strikes for the whole fight was something like 33. 33 shots, mate, in a heavyweight contest. I'd seen Nganu had landed like at nine or 11 shots or something uh, like that. Yeah. Like 11. It was like something ridiculous. It was like DC threw more in the first minute. Yeah. Than like both of them had thrown in the fucking entire five, three rounds. Yeah. It was kind of shocking. Um, and uh, you know what? But then we called it on last week's show, like, someone's getting knocked out in the first five minutes, all gone put the get on. And as soon as it got to the end of the first round, I was like, fuck this. Like, fuck this. I, could, I genuinely couldn't believe what I was watching because I just Scandalous. thought we were going to get fireworks. We were going to get two minutes of absolute fire. Because as well, that the, the main card had started sensate. I thought the prelims were great, but the main card had started brilliant. We had a massive upset when Khalil, Khalil Roundtree just absolutely knocked the fuck out Stop. of... Stop. Do you want to go there first? Yeah, man. What a shot. Mate. <laughs> right down the pipe. The best thing, obviously, right down about the pipe. It, this was the only prediction we got wrong. But even on the show, it's like someone's getting knocked out. These two just throw Oh, big, yeah, 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 yeah. But we kind of went, you know what? Flip a coin. Let's go with Saki because at the end of the day, he's, he's the former K1 fucking kickboxing world champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Khalil Roundtree, he's a fucking former roadie. So we were like, yeah, we'll go with Saki. But Roundtree, right down the pipe as well. The best thing was on the actual commentary, they were they had Saki and he was going. Uh, I don't know. Was it was it um, John Anik or Rogan or someone was basically saying? Yeah, I was speaking to Saki yesterday and he was so fucking. It might have been Dominic Cruz actually. He was like saying to me, "Yeah, man, my striking is on a different level. This guy cannot live with me. I watched one minute of one of his fights and he's got so many holes. It's embarrassing. I will destroy him." Bang. And he was like, "Wow, I'm so." And he Saki sucked me in. I thought, "Wow, yeah." And then on the commentary, they were like, "Yeah, Saki's playing with him. Saki's just waiting. Saki's just." Khalil, right down the pipe, as clean as you like, out cold, a couple of hammer fists, see you later, Mr. Fucking K1 champion. 96 seconds, mate, took him clean out. Destroyed him. And you know, we knew Rouncey can do that, though, because he did it to Paul Craig in Glasgow. We knew the kid's got heavy hands, Mm. but the ball's on him now. Mm. To go, yeah, former K1 champion, former fucking this champion, that champion, you're all saying he's the best ever. I ain't taking him down, I'm knocking him the fuck out. And Mm. he did. Mm. Wicked. Wicked. There was so like carry on. There were so many wonderful, wonderful performances. Yeah, well, Pettis, we kind of wrote Pettis off last week because we were like, right, yeah, yeah, he's the fucking gatekeeper to a title shot now. And even though he's back at lightweight, you know, his his career looks like it's on the wane. And then Chiesa weighed in heavy. That was the fight I said on last week's show. This this ain't gonna happen. This something's gonna fuck up here. This fight will fall off. Didn't fall off. The fight went ahead, but Chiesa obviously could didn't make lightweight and is never going to make lightweight again. Yeah. So he's going to go to welter. Can I just point out, short time listens to the show, so just uh, be careful. Petters, no, listen, I think Petters previously, it's like the guy's a superstar, but then he'd come away from it so much that Foray at Featherweight didn't work and it's like he'd become the gatekeeper to a title shot and I thought Chiesa is, cl- f- you know, Chiesa's could be could argue, fucking hell, when, when's my title shot coming? How did why have I got to go over old ground with Anthony Pettis when he's a couple of ranks below me? I should go move on. Pettis is finished now. All that kind of rhetoric was alive and well. And when he weighed in heavy, I was like, fucking hell, you know, just kind of taking the piss a little bit here. So for Pettis to do that and not only beat him, but submit him. Yeah, that's the one. Beat Chiesa at his own game. That's on your thing. Fucking good on you, Anthony Pettis. Yeah. He's back. Triangle armbar. There back. you go. He did the business. Absolutely. Um, Paul Felder, broken arm, and fights on for another 10 minutes with a broken arm. 
Broke his arm throwing a spinning back fist. Mm. And in the third round, still was still throwing bit spinning back fists. What the fuck? What is that guy made out of? I've no idea. Jesus Christ. You talk about guys being tough from Philadelphia, but that's just fucking insane, man. Mm. Absolutely insane. That was a cracking fight, though. Mm. First, as soon as they come together, head clash, blood everywhere, claret everywhere, and you just think, kind of fitting that used to are fighting through a veil of blood because that's the way you used to fight. Have you seen um, the, the? I think it was on his Instagram, of Mike Perry when he was getting his nose fixed? They, no. were, they were injecting... I don't know what it was to to numb his nose yeah. to try and fix either the cut or the break or whatever it may be. If someone was sticking pins in your nose, you'd, in be, order, like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, fucking hell, mate, I'm in agony there. What are you yeah. doing? Perry didn't even move. Didn't even flinch. Didn't even, didn't flinch. even blink. Um, what, do, what does Mike Perry do for you now, right? Because there were, I saw lots of interviews with him last week saying that he was going to move to Vegas, but that was his first camp with Jackson Wink. Yeah. And that's his first decision victory, I think, in his whole mixed martial career. arts career. Mm-hmm. You don't, ch- you don't. If it's not brought, you don't change it. Do you? you don't up sticks again. No, it's, I heard that in the commentary as well. It's kind of weird. I knew he'd gone to Jackson Wink, and obviously he needed to because fucking, you know, he was last last time I seen him alive. He had his fucking girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend was training him. Yeah, <laughs> and even confessed. Yeah, I just did the whole camps myself. So you know, at some stage you got to go. Wait a minute, I'm in the UFC. I need to. I need to fucking have a bit more seriously. Yeah. So, and. You know, to come through a performance like that, you know, you've got um, Michael Winklejohn in your corner and, and fucking Brandon Gibson and shit like that. Good, fucking really good high-level coaches. But yeah, apparently he's, he's already ag- agreed a deal to, to go to Extreme Couture, to move to Vegas. He looks he looks like Vegas, doesn't he? Oh, he's 100% Vegas. I, I think the thing with Albuquerque is there's fuck all there. For anyone that's seen Breaking Bad, that's Albuquerque. There's literally nothing to do except train, kickboxing, MMA, or fucking cook up narcotics in the back of a fucking caravan somewhere. Mm. There's nothing there. It's literally a, a town in the middle of nowhere in Albuquerque. Mm. Um, and I think that kills a lot of people. Obviously, fighters move there with the mentality of, I'm just going to train, eat, sleep, train, eat, sleep, train. And I think for someone like Mike Perry, who's needs a bit clearly of got a bit of personality about him, he needs a bit more of a distraction, really. I, I think it, his life demands it. I know Cowboy survives out there, but he's got the bad motherfucker ranch out in the middle of nowhere, and he dips into Jackson Wink every now and again and back out to his ranch, and then he's like, you know, wrestling sharks and shit like that. He's got this whole fucking thing going on. I just think Mike Perry doesn't, for me, coaching-wise, obviously anyone in the world's going to get better training at Jackson Wink. He'd be crazy if he couldn't. But I just think Mike Perry is a better fit to be based in Las Vegas than, mm. than Albuquerque. So, On this show previously, I have waxed lyrical about a certain man who I'm amazed even gets close to making this particular weight. And at the weekend, I put, he, put his fight on, mate. I sat there with a nice little bag of chips and I just thought to myself, come on, son, do the business. Paolo Costa's an absolute fucking animal, isn't mate, he? <laughs> isn't he? Look at him. He's a specimen as well. If I could, be, if I could look like a human being... I'd look like Paolo Costa. Look at him. He's got muscles on muscles. His shoulders are in fuck. He just look. I'd, I'd shag him. I don't give a fuck how much juice. Proper juice. Yeah, but I'd shag him. How is he not on the juice? I'd shag him. He's absolutely juiced up to the fucking eyeballs. Looks good though, doesn't it? Now. Yeah, but listen, looks sensational. I wish I looked like that. Right, listen. I wish I looked like that. There's, there's Brock Lesnar juice and yeah. then there's Paolo Costa juice. I'm having some of that Paolo Costa juice. That, uh... Yeah, I, I get what you mean. He looks he looks incredible, doesn't he? I just, I just refuse to believe that anyone who's a professional athlete can get shoulders like that unless it's fucking 
unless you're taking a magic uh, Mate, magic I've been injection. smashing the fucking pure gym for about five weeks and nothing's happening. There's got no shoulders like a little, I need, I need to get on that fucking gear and I'm going to have a word Absolutely. with Absolutely. He's, he's in fucking tremendous shape, let's put it that way. Uh, what it, that fun. was a bit of a statement. Yeah, I yeah. Guess you're right. It was good, that, because there's two guys, like one was ranked number nine, the other one's ranked number 10, something like that, in this middleweight division. It's good that they're throwing down to fucking prove themselves and move forward. Mm. I thought, um, you know, Uriah Hall turned up which sometimes, as we know, he doesn't. Um, but I thought Bellahino is just, he's just a beast, isn't he? You yeah. Know, an absolute beast, regardless of when he's going to fail his drug test. And I say that, we're recording this Monday. He may well fail this Stop by now. it. But regardless of that, is March. He's for the just got title. good genes. He's Fucking just got good, good genes. genes. He's in good nick. Jesus Christ. That's it, lad. Um, Asin Sal I picked out as well Asin Sal Rob Font I said that was going to be a belter Asin Sal well, Just wait a minute On Paolo Costa I just want to say something Because the night before Obviously at the uh, at the tough final Yeah yeah. Adesanya puts in a Fucking worldy of a performance yeah, baby That cheeky little elbow Was nice weren't it um, But when he gets on the mic He says I fancy the fucking winner Of uh, Paolo Costa And uh, uh, Uriah Hall That's the fight That's the fight that I want that's a beautiful fight, isn't it? That's an amazing fight. Paulo Costa against uh, Adesanya. Oh, that's an amazing fight. And how ballsy of him to call that out yeah, as well. Yeah, let's have it. Because these guys, I, I say, these were nine and ten. Yeah, Brad Tavares was eight. Mm. So in theory, Adesanya's above them. But it makes sense because Paulo Costa, Barahina, and Uriah Hall are both strikers as well. So while Adesanya's picking out these guys, he's picking out guys that suit him. Yeah. He ain't calling out no fucking collegiate wrestler styles. Same as Darren Till. He didn't, he didn't call out anybody but Wonderboy Thompson. The striker, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll put my striking against your striking. So it makes sense for the last style bender to call out. He, he's brave calling out Barachina, don't get me wrong, because he's a fucking tough, bomb-throwing, juiced-up motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but still, man, that, he might be thinking, you know what? I can get my A game off against this guy. He'll just walk into my shots. Mm. Um, just regarding this middleweight division, what mm. is what are the noises now for uh, the the championship? Because there's a there's a few names starting to get thrown around. I noticed that Robert Whittaker, obviously, who is the champ, yeah, um, and Kelvin Gastelum will be the uh, final season of Tough. They're going to be the coaches for Tough. Yeah, but Weidman's name's being thrown in there. I noticed that he was octagon side. Uh, you mentioned Till there. I saw Till Octagon side. He was enjoying himself, weren't he? Flipping the bird. Till in fucking did you notice, Vegas. Did you notice that? Well, he's there for fight week. He's doing all signatures and shit. But did you notice how many fighters, when they flipped to them, Jordan, like uh, between rounds, over the course of the two fights, pretended to pick their own noses yeah. to take the piss out of Darren Till? Mm. I've seen that. Even I think even fucking Weidman did it at one point as yeah. well. Uh, was it Weidman? Yeah, I think it was Weidman. They're, yeah. not, they're not the fucking score. I'm telling you. Um... But yeah, going back to that middleweight division, it's starting to get interesting again. I know that yeah. for a period of time it was a case of, well, who, who's going to step up and challenge? Because everybody seems to be getting beat. Like at one point we'll go Jacare and then Jacare gets beat. Yeah, It's starting to just cook a bit. Gastelum, is he the man for you? I think, absolutely, yeah. I think it was probably a toss-up between Gastelum and Weidman, wasn't it? Who was going to get the next shot at Bobby Knuckles? But uh, for me, I think I'm, I'm glad it was. Especially the way the fucking Rockhold turned up. Did you see the state of Rockhold's outfit? Mate, straight, off, he's straight off the old Ralph Lauren. That's advert, that Ralph Lauren polo money, isn't it? Fuck I was me. walking through Spain last week and there was a fucking big, massive billboard. I mean, like 40 foot by 40 foot of Luke Rockhold holding a bottle of fucking Ralph Lauren. I thought, yeah, no wonder you're uh, not fighting. Your career's starting, your fighting career's starting to nosedive because you're probably getting serious moolah. What I noticed that. though, when he went in the octagon at the end to obviously celebrate with DC, how fucking big is he? Oh, he's massive. 
He's oh, he's well bigger than DC. How the oh, fuck yeah. is he making middleweight? It's crazy, isn't he's it? He's massive. It's crazy. Absolutely bonkers. But yeah, I, I just think, for me, it's the right that Gastelum's doing it. And it's nice as well that the final season of Tough are going to be coached by two former Tough winners mm. in Gastelum, Bobby Knuckles. So it's going to be cool. I think it's heavyweights that season as well. I think they're finishing with heavyweights, finishing with a bang. Male heavyweights, female featherweights, I think. Female heavyweights would be hilarious. Yeah, no, that'd be funny as fuck. Get them in there. But it's male heavyweights, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I've got no I've got no qualms against the against Gaslam getting the next uh, the next shot of Bobby Knuckles, absolutely. How far is Weidman off? I don't know. I think the thing with Weidman is that he's, he hasn't... When was the last time he put a run of wins together? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He seems to talk about fighting more than he actually fights these days. So I think I'd like to see Weidman bounce back, maybe with a, a, the Jacare fight or something like that, or, or even... You know, at the end of the day, he's put his name right in the frame now. Adesanya. I'm surprised Adesanya never called Weidman out because, you know, they've obviously announced tough that weekend. It's like, yeah, fucking put me in Chris Weidman. Obviously, the reason he hasn't is Weidman's wrestling game's on a whole nother level. But, mm. you know, that that would have been the ultimate statement from Adesanya. But it's, it's good It's good that we've got four or five new faces to this middleweight division. That's what I mean, Remember yeah. what we had with the welterweights? And That's what I mean. Still got, we've got these you've got two, sharks. It seems like you've got two pots now. Yeah, it's like this new new pool of sharks coming up at middleweight. It, it's, again, it's just the, the evolution of the sport, isn't it? Speaking about the evolution of the sport, then, one thing I noticed at the weekend is you've got Chiesa failing to make a lightweight. You've got Felder moving up from lightweight to fight at welterweight, but still not, not looking... Looking comfortable, but still, you th- now I think there was more pressure than ever to reorganise these weight classes, to move welterweight up to 175, to move a new weight division in at 165. So we now go 155, 165, 175, mm-hmm. 185. I think that'll happen before the end of the year because Chiesa's clearly a 165er. I think Mike Perry and Paul Felder are probably 165ers. Darren Till's clearly a 175er. Uh, you know, I think there's enough quality fighters in and around this. Just to spread that out a bit. This division, just to add another weight class, whether that's super lightweight or or light welterweight, whatever you want to call it, and blow welterweight up to 175, uh, and and just give the likes of Tyron Woodley the option. You can either go straight into a fight at 165, uh, or you can hold on to your belt and defend it at 175. Do you know what I mean? And then just get. So give him the option. He's it's his weight class that's going to be directly affected. So mm. say to Tyrone, do you want one sixty five or do you want to stay at one seventy five? It's up to you. And then bring other two other guys together. If he says I'll stay at one seventy five, it kind of continues. Then you speak to the top contenders at welterweight, the top contenders at lightweight, and kind of put it together. Put a one sixty five weight class uh, finale together for the belt. It seems obvious though. That seems obvious what you've just said. It's got to happen. But will it happen? It's got to happen. Absolutely, I think it will happen, yeah. Mm. I think it will happen because there's too many fighters, the likes of Yakiezas, the likes of Felder's skipping up. And, you know, Felder was amazing at the weekend. It was an outstanding performance. But then he's put on 15 pounds. You know, the difference is 15 pounds to go mm. from where he was, 155 to 170. Mm. 15 pounds. You know, his weight division is 165. So let's make a 165. I think now is the time to do it and I think the sport demands it, it's, it we've got more fighters in around lightweight and welterweight than we've ever had before the UFC are constantly having to cut back on their roster purely in these weight divisions and there's so many quality kids internationally I think it will happen before the end of the year that's my mm-hmm. prediction anyway um, I noticed that Connor, by the way sent a nice little message to uh, Max Holloway yeah seen that yeah and then Max replied and then Connor fucking come back on his high horse with his own reply again you're like Come on, man, just fucking... Just chill. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, it's just... Because Max was like, yeah, that's nice coming from the champ champ or whatever. You know, took took it 
took it well kind of thing. And then, Fuck you! <laughs> then Connor had to come back with something else, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, you guys down there kind of attitude, and you're like, fucking hell, Connor. Just get over it, man. No. But everyone did, though. Khabib, I've seen Khabib posting a message. I think most... most Which kind of insinuates there's something more going on yeah, than, I, absolutely, than yeah. what we're all led to believe. Absolutely. And that's the worrying thing. I think every fighter's terrified of delayed concussion syndrome kind of kicking in because, you know, all it takes is a, a couple of neurologists to have a look at you and go, yeah, mate, you're, you're done. You're fucked. You know, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately it can happen to anybody and unfortunately the sport where it is right now isn't in a position to, uh, these guys, I'm mm. sure Max has done well, but mm. I don't think his, his lifestyle for the rest of his life is assured just yet. The, the thing off the back of uh, of the weekend, and I bring Connor into that conversation there because we've spoke on many occasions that there isn't that superstar. Yeah. We just stuck Ronda in the uh, Hall of Fame, obviously, at the weekend. John Jones is out doing whatever he's doing. Connor's out doing whatever he's doing. There's not that one person that's carrying it, isn't there? Yeah. And with what DC's done at the weekend, even though he is the nice guy, family guy, the man of the people type character, there was just that little chink of hope that we could be getting back to those superstars. You know what I mean? I know that they brought Brock in with those all that WWE narrative and all this type of nonsense. But there's, there's, the, it just feels to me now where we've been quite dormant for a long period of time in the UFC. There's lots of chat about Conor and Khabib. Yeah. We've obviously got TJ and Cody coming soon. Brilliant. You know what I mean? We've got these, there's just, it's just, for me, looking in, it just looks like it's going to kick off again. Yeah. The back end of this year, it, it, it's starting to get exciting again. And hopefully if John's can get his, uh, his, his just I was just going to say his face in the mix, mate. If he can get his face in, all of a sudden, the UFC is going to boom again. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think it's this—it's this generation of Darren Tills and Adesanya's and everybody else that's going to hopefully have that next wave of popularity as well. Because um, Adesanya unlocks the African market and the Australasian market as well. So, because Ngannou certainly ain't going to fucking do that anymore. I, I just think it's like everything. It's like cycles. I think the, the, the buyout from Endeavor, as they're now called, probably hasn't gone as they'd hoped. If it wasn't for Mayweather, McGregor. And the slice of the pie that they got from that, I, I think 2017, 2018, would have ultimately been a bad year for them. Oh, massively, compared to 2016, which was so good. Yeah, but then, you know, they released figures, and, and the figures, you know, they made 700 million profits in 2017. It's the most successful year ever. And yet, when you look, no Ronda Rousey, no John Jones. Well, like said, only fought come on, that's off, the back, that's off the back of that, Mayweather. They must have got a big slice of money out of that, yeah, of course. But... Uh, it's in transition right now. You know, Reebok look like they're starting to make some good shit now, dare I say. Some of the T-shirts are starting to look kind of cool. I'm still not sold on it. I'd still prefer guys to have their own identities a little bit, but the sports, don't forget, it's just evolving so quickly, mm-hmm. not just inside the octagon in terms of skill, but outside it as well. I think the UFC has been through a massive transition of the buyout, pretty much every executive on the planet getting sacked. <laughs> and now the new people coming into them roles, Potentially people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm. But now they're starting to get to know what they're doing. Mm. Hopefully the quality of matchmaking is going to get better. The quality of the cards is going to get better. The signings are going to get bigger. I think the introduction, the introduction of a new weight class, at least one, will certainly help as well. More people on the roster, more fights, more better fights. I think the, the, the future certainly looks bright. And I think you're right. We're probably on the cusp of something right now. But ultimately the, the success of this organisation comes on the back of Conor beating Khabib. 
and that's not a gimme fight. I, uh, listen, I believe Connor starts his favourite in that fight. I believe Connor's got the style to beat Khabib. I think he'll knock him out. I think I think Connor knocks him out, and then fuck maybe jump up another notch then. But it's the likes of your Adesanya's and your Darren Till's and your stuff. Mm. That's the longevity because because yeah, Connor's got no longevity with the UFC or with this sport because he's made so much money so quickly. Yes, he'll come back and hopefully have a couple of legacy style fights, and they'll be big fights. Hopefully, it could be GSP, that type of thing. Maybe even Nate Diaz if Nate's lucky. But he's not in it for the long haul now, is he? Mm. Um, this weekend, we turn our attention to Idaho, uh, Dos Santos, Ivanov. Don't know how I feel about it after after uh, UFC two two six. I probably look at this as. I'll, I'll check it out Sunday. Yeah. Just to pass the time before I'm watching World Cup final. Of course. Of course. This is, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see a couple of fights on here. Um, Randy Brown, Randy Brown, Nico Price jumps out. Katzingano. Miles Jory, Chad Mendes jumps out. Obviously, first fight back for Mendes since he tested positive. Mm. Uh, Sage North cut, um, you know, trying to hand him another win. Bermudez, Rick Lenz, a decent fight. The Santos, Ivanov, this is Ivanov's obviously opportunity to break into a title contender composition. It's not the greatest card in the world, but then again, sometimes these cards catch fire. I'm glad it's going to Idaho. I've been to Boise, Idaho a couple of times. Bizarrely. Why? <laughs> we used to have a, when I worked for the magazine, we used to have a, a, our main sponsorship advertising partner was a brand called Bodybuilding.com, which is the world's biggest sports supplements provider. And they are basically, they're like based out of, they're like the number one fucking employee in Boise, Idaho, I think. Massive, like the fucking absolutely massive. They sell, they're the biggest resource of sports supplement sales on the planet. But if you go on their website anyway, there's this fucking, anyway, I'm not an advert for bodybuilding.com. They don't answer the advertise on this show, so fuck them. But that's why I've been to Boise a couple of times. So Any good? Yeah, man, it's cool. It's a nice little place. It's one of the extreme places where winter's fucking eight foot deep in snow and summer's yeah. like... Uh, yeah, but that's all right. Yeah, man, it's class. It's class. Right. Nice little town. There you go. So, yeah, I think that's going to be... A, I, I think this could be a sleeper. It could be a half-decent car, but let's be honest, it's a hangover now from the weekend, isn't it? That's it. It's a hangover. There's only one thing going on this weekend, mate. DC, baby. No. DC and Brock. No. This weekend coming. Oh, we took most of the... Uh... There's only one thing happening this weekend coming. <laughs> World Cup final, baby. I'll tell you something, right, by the way. Ariel Helwani. I've got a beef with him. Have you? Yeah, I've got a problem with him. Last time I checked, he was Canadian. Yeah, he is, yeah. Why is he fucking going OTT on the Three Lions? Why is he Why is he, Why is is he? he jumping on our ship? I don't know. I think he came to England once for an event. He certainly wasn't in Liverpool. But... No, I think he's an, I think he's an Everton fan. Something fucking random what? like that. No, I think he is. I think he... I, no, but he's, he's like a typical American, isn't he? He's done something on his show and gone, okay, whoever, whoever, whoever's the... Whoever votes... Tell me who I should support. Who should, who should I support? Yeah, some wank like that. Get out of town. Yeah, but every time England are doing something now, he's like, yay, it's coming home. Yeah. Jog on, man. Yeah. Jog <laughs> on. Support Canada, you balloon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got the World Cup coming in 20... What is it, 26? Canada, Canada America, America, Mexico. Yeah. Your boys will be playing then. Yeah. You can support them lads then. I bet he's not supporting them then, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. He's like you, isn't he? Blagging that you're Spanish. Then blagging that you're Brazilian. Now... The three lions are roaring, sunshine. You're here, aren't you? You finally arrived back. Have you got your lad in England kit yet? No. Why? He's, he's got a Brazil kit, Barcelona they're, kit. They're obviously out. Obviously, the two new Liverpool kits. They're out. Um, well, he, he only supports. Can I just say as well, that new Liverpool kit, shite. Which one? The purple one. 
class. That is a bagger shite. You look like a fucking quality street, don't you? I reminded of that when Teddy's walking around him, one with his name on the Yeah, get one, mate. He's city through and through now. Is he? Yeah. City through and through, <laughs> till he dies. Until most start to rattle him in again. I actually think he's going he's gonna to ask for a Spurs kit because he's Harry Kane obsessed at the moment. <laughs> the uh, the little fellow actually yesterday, we were took, we, we'd walking through Liverpool City Centre going for a family meal and there was a big red and white flag up and he doesn't support Liverpool anymore. He just supports Mo Salah. Dad, yeah. Dad, Mo Salah, Mo Salah, Dad. Yeah. And we were going, yeah, 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 Mo Salah, Mo Salah. And he said, and he was singing Mo Salah, Mo, and I'm like carrying him to the restaurant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went to England, isn't he, Dad? England. So there's there's two football allegiances now. That's it. Mo Salah and England. Get the and kit. And he thinks Mo Salah plays for England. Get the kit. You've got to get the, get kid, the kid. England kit. Why? Get out of town. Get the kid in England. Not a kit. chance. Why not? Not. What is this thing chance. in Liverpool about that you can't be part of the England national? What's up with you? Listen. We can't. I can't stand on the cop. We are England selling, selling, selling the fucking we're scouts non English, and then we get to World Cup and start going. Hey, I'm English now. I'm an obed. That's going to jump through a bus stop. Hey, that's not. That's just not the way it is. I, I consider myself scouse, British, European, and Earth. How are you consuming the World Cup final then? When we get there? Uh, well, I'll watch Wednesday first. It's probably at home after I put kids to bed. Uh, and then you know, obviously, if they get to the final, if listen, I still think don't don't rule out Luka Modric being man of the match, mate. I'm telling you, listen, get best, he, Luka Modric, the only world class player on the pitch. Bear that in mind. Shut up, Gail Platt's getting swatted, mate. I'm telling you, now. <laughs> he's getting it. I hope so. Don't get me wrong. I hope they get to the final. And if they get to the final, no. obviously, I'll end up going to a barbecue. No, or something no, somewhere. no, you're not allowed. <laughs> You've not been on. You're not allowed. <laughs> You're going to have to sit through and garner fucking Lewis. That's what <laughs> I'm going to play that back for you. In fact, so you're going to have a World Cup final barbecue. Yeah. You're inviting me, but yeah. I'm not allowed to watch it. That's I'm it. going to have to sit in the other room That's and it. watch Ngannou versus Lewis. That's it. Twice. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can subscribe via iTunes. Uh, Fight Disciples is where we're at. Uh, you can, it's coming. You can get all feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. And at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. And you can also get us on YouTube. We'll catch you next time when we're world champions. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.